It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400, powered by GEM, the game entertainment and media. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from the studios of ESPN 1400 on Three Mile Road and M129 on this chilly Monday, October 19th, 2020. The game, the Twin Zoo's only local, regional, and national sports show. We have two hours of interviews, local, regional, and national sports talk, and a lot more here on the game. Coming up around 6.15, our first guest will be joining us, uh, no stranger to our show, Matt Johnson, assistant coach of the Suhai Blue Devil football team. The coach will be in talking about last Friday's loss at Kingsley and looking ahead to Friday night's game at home against Sheboygan. Then at the bottom of the hour, 6.30, we'll be joined by Linda Bouvet, the head coach and general manager of, of the Lake Superior State University club softball team. That team has been in action uh, over the past few weeks. I believe they were in action this weekend. We'll talk to Linda about that. And then at 6.45, we'll be joined by head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, Jeff Blaschel, will be joining us for the first time on the game. And in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, and we're hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell from Escanaba, Michigan. We have a lot of sports to get to, so let's start with the local sports. Let's start with high school football. We'll be talking more about this game with Matt Johnson here in a few moments. But the Suhai Blue Devils ran into a juggernaut Kingsley squad on Friday as the Stags knocked off the Blue Devils by the score of 40-6 to as Kingsley will more than likely win the Legacies Division of the Northern Michigan Football Conference. The Blue Devils now 3-2 and on the season. They're going to be home to Windless Sheboygan on Friday night. You can hear that game over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, with Dave Watson and Pat Bennon. Pre-game show around at 635. Uh, with a win, the Blue Devils almost certainly, in my opinion, will get home field advantage for at least one game. Currently, they're battling with Ludington and Cadillac right now. Out of the seven teams, the Blue Devils, I believe, have the third most points. They're not going to get a ton of points beating Sheboygan, but they're going to get some, and that should at least get them one playoff game at home. Who knows? Maybe more if things work out their way. Well, all the teams in 11-player football will make the playoffs, including St. Ignace, and St. Ignace got their first win of the season on Friday, a close one at home, as they knocked off Rogers City by the score of 21-20. to The Saints will be at home again Friday as they take on West Iron County. Rudyard all over Ingadine on Friday night in eight-player football. Rudyard improves to three and two on the season. They have playoff home field possibilities as well as they crushed Ingadine by the score of 60 to nothing on the road. Rudyard will be home to Cedarville Friday night in our EUP game of the week with Matt Pocket over on our sister station, Oldies 93, while Ingadine, they're going to be at Newberry on Friday. Speaking of Cedarville, in a game you heard, 
on Oldies 93 with Matt Pocket. They knocked off previously unbeaten Munising by the score of 32 to 8. So Cedarville 4 and 1 on the season. Uh, lots of home field possibilities for that squad. They will be at Rudyard, as I mentioned earlier, on Friday. Brimley, they are in their second win of the season Friday night as they knocked off Superior Central at home by the score of 34 to 12. Brimley, they are scheduled to take on Pickford at the Purple Palace on Friday. Pickford had to take a forfeit loss to their game at Rapid River due to the COVID outbreak at their school system. Uh, closed last week. I'm not 100% sure if they were reopened today. We'll talk to Matt Johnson about that. But they had to get a forfeit uh, loss, and that will hurt them in the playoff points as they are now 4-1. and one. As, as I mentioned, they'll be hosting Brimley on Friday. And Newberry, they had to reschedule their Week 5 opponent. They ended up taking on Carney Nadu, and they crushed them by the score of 55-8. to eight. And Newberry will be at home to Ingadine on Friday. Some high school volleyball over this past week. On Monday, it was Pickford over St. Ignis by a 3-1 to one count. Lizzie Story, she had 15 assists and 15 digs along with seven aces and four kills for the Pickford Panthers, while Maddie Thermos, she finished with six kills, six aces, four digs, and two aces. On Thursday, it was Cedarville knocking off Brimley in straight sets. Alicia Cosley, she had nine kills and three aces, two digs for Cedarville, while Taylor Williams had 11 assists and two aces for Cedarville. And Suhai and Escanaba, they played a very good match at home at the Sioux, I should say, on Thursday, and it was Escanaba coming out on top by a 3-2 to two count. One other match on Thursday, Rudyard, they continue to dominate the EUP Conference as they knocked off Brimley three sets to none. Brooklyn Besteman, she led Rudyard in kills with six, while Addie Kuzner had a team-high 10 digs. Elena Vandermeer, she paced Brimley with four kills and two aces. And so Rudyard continues their dominance of play, really in the Straits Area Conference and the EUP Conference. The Suhai Blue Devil Boys soccer team was in action this weekend at the Peter Wara Park in Nagani on Saturday as they took part in the Upper Peninsula Division II Finals in boys soccer. Now you had four teams taking part in that Suhai along with Marquette Senior High School JV squad. Their senior high school won the Division I final. That was played in Marquette. Nagani, which is team, which is a team that is co-ed and has players up to 19 years of age. And the CCCS team, the Copper Country Christian School, that features those uh, students that are homeschooled and give it up for the homeschooled kids. They won their first championship in the Upper Peninsula Division II finals on Saturday as they knocked off the Suhai Blue Devils in the final by the score of 3-2. to two. Suhai was up 2-0, but CCCS would come back, tie it at 2, and then Noah Bach would score the winning goal on a penalty kick as he was fouled in the box area. And so congratulations to Copper Country Christian. They take, ev- they take home their first ever boys soccer title in Division Two. Straits Area Conference cross country. The UP finals will be this upcoming weekend. We'll have the results next Monday night here on the game. The final Straits Area Conference race was run in Kinross this past Monday. Suhai senior Jaron Wyma and junior Anna Hillenbrand both finished first at the races at the Chippewa County Fairgrounds. 
Um, Wyma and Hillebrandt were the individual boys and girls champions, and Suhai took home both the boys and girls team championships, which was determined by the final meet scoring. The Suhai boys won Monday's meet with 26 points as they swept all Straits Area Conference events. Rudyard finished second in the conference for the boys. They had 85 points. And for the girls, it was a dominating performance by the Blue Devils. We mentioned Anna Hillenbrandt. Uh, her finishing first place, Suhai sophomore Cassandra G Gallagher finished second, just 10 seconds back in that one. And the girls won the conference for the Sioux with 27 points, while St. Ignace was second with 51 and Newberry third with 83. Boys all conference final rankings, Jaron Wyma first of the Sioux, Efren Evans second of Newberry, and Cameron Hornstra third in Brimley. For the girls, Anna Hillenbrandt first, Cassandra Gallagher second, and Wisteria Brady third, those all-conference rankings. Well, the Sioux Eagles were in action at Polar Stadium. You can hear the podcast of the two home games against the Team USA Under-17 National Development Team on the same podcast site for this show, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Eagles did not win those two games. Uh, they fell by the score of 12-2 to two and 10 to nothing. but I'll tell you what, that U.S. Under-17 National Development Team, they were a class act organization, and there is a heck of a lot of talent on that squad. Uh, talking to General Manager Bruno Braganolo after the game, you know, he was just happy to be playing hockey for one, but to see the the level of talent that we saw in the puller, and we both were talking about, you know, when's the last time the puller has seen a team this talented, this good, come in? I, it's been a while, but that was a lot of fun. It was it was great just to be back at the Polar. Uh, first time doing a broadcast with a mask, which really wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. And uh, all counts, uh, success for the Eagles. Uh, fans were there, uh, spaced out. I think they had maybe about 400 fans each night. And so the Eagles starting their season. We don't know where their season will lead. We do know this. They played last weekend down at Adrian College, dropping a pair of games there, and they will be at Janesville to take on an old foe in the Janesville Jets. Those games will be this Friday and Saturday night, and then the Eagles will have a weekend off, and it's set to play the Lake Superior State University club team. That game, Those games, I should say, will be at Polar Stadium November 6th and 7th. The government of Ontario and Canada announced uh, today that the border closure will extend through basically Thanksgiving at least. And with case counts now averaging uh, almost 2,000 in the state of Michigan, it doesn't look likely, at least in my opinion, that that's going to change. Uh, Premier Justin Trudeau was talking last week that until the United States gets their case count under control, that uh, there more than likely will be no border opened up. So we'll have to keep an eye out on what happens there. Of course, that affects not just the Sioux Eagles, but teams in the Ontario Hockey League and basically any leagues that play uh, with both Canada, with Canadian and U.S. teams. Well, we had a guest last week, Chris Dunbar, commissioner of the GLIAC, and her son, Tyler, who she talked about during the interview. He has committed to play college hockey at the University of North Dakota. Dunbar is slated to join the UND hockey program beginning in 2022. Of course, Chris Dunbar uh, went to Lake State, played women's basketball, coached athletic director. Um, Dunbar's son, Alan, who also was assistant coach at Lake State for three years. And so congratulations to Tyler Dunbar. He played his season last year at 
the USHL's Muskegon Lumberjacks, but he also played for the Sioux Thunderbirds and the Sioux Junior Greyhounds. Very talented player, very smart player, well-positioned player. He is going to do, do big things, and I would not be shocked if he gets drafted in the NHL. So congratulations to Tyler Dunbar and his commitment to the North Dakota University. Sioux Thunderbirds have signed a goaltender as they netted, or I should say they signed netminder Alex Bujella to a season this year for the Sioux Thunderbirds. He comes from West Vancouver last year playing for the Fort Francis Lakers of the Superior International League. And so now you have a couple goaltenders signed for the Sioux Thunderbirds. Scott Young, the other netminder as the Thunderbirds, wait to see where their season takes them. Well, they had an unveiling at Memorial Gardens this afternoon as they were showing off their new scoreboard, a state-of-the-art video board that is now hanging at center ice. It cost about $600,000, entirely funded by the Greyhounds. In their words, a way to give back to the best fans in the Ontario Hockey League and provide more and better scholarship opportunities for their corporate partners beautiful scoreboard they also have another one on the wall and they have some new lighting in there so go to memorial gardens uh, check it out you can walk in the building or just go online and uh, check out some of the renovations that is that have happened as the sioux greyhounds are one hoping to be able to play an ontario hockey league season and two hoping to host the 2021 memorial cup a couple other notes from sioux ontario winter sports canceled at the college level for Sioux College last Thursday, the Ontario Coaches Athletic Association announced that winter sports have been canceled. That includes basketball, curling, indoor soccer, volleyball, and badminton. And that also includes the Sioux College Cougars hockey team, a team that's done very good things playing in the U.S.-based American Collegiate Hockey Association. While this closure didn't close or cancel that program, the university decided that that's going to happen. So it doesn't look like Sioux College is going to be able to play any sort of hockey this season. Algoma University, they have had all competitive athletics canceled until March 2021. So they're in a holding pattern. Again, both, uh, both those organizations trying to get back to a safe return of play. And right now they say it's not safe. So we'll keep an eye on that, but it doesn't look like Sioux College or Algoma University will be playing athletics anytime soon. We do know the GLIAC and the Lake State basketball and other sports expected to start uh, in J- Excuse me, in January. And we heard from Damon Witten uh, with Dave Watson on Coach's Corner, also with Bill Crawford on Laker Hockey Talk, talking about the WCHA. They're expecting to start their season in about a month with some non-conference games, including WCHA opponents, but they'll hope to get the conference schedule started in January. So that's what we know at this point. But again, this changes on a daily, if not hourly basis. So we'll keep you updated next week as far as what local sports are going on here on the game. We come back, we're going to talk Sioux High football with their assistant coach, Matt Johnson, joining us on the game here on ESPN 1400. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance. 
and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at MadiganPingator.com. Jeep Adventure Days are on now at O'Connor's of Pickford. Jeep goes anywhere you want to go. And during Jeep Adventure Days, O'Connor's has you driving away into your next adventure in a low-mileage lease Jeep. Like a new 2020 Jeep Compass. 36-month ultra-low-mileage lease is just $289 a month plus tax with just $1,000 down at signing. Your good credit earns you this Jeep Compass. It's all part of Jeep Adventure Days through October at O'Connor's of Pickford. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400, 6-17 on this cool Monday night. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, 6-30, we'll talk Lake State Club softball with their manager, Linda Bouvet, and then at 6.45, we'll be talking Detroit Red Wings hockey with their coach, Jeff Blaschel. Coming up right now, we have our next guest in studio, assistant coach for the Suhai Blue Devil football team and no stranger to the game. He's been coming on for years, uh, wherever we've been, McDonald's, uh, Oops, they are a sponsor, other places <laughs> who are no longer sponsors. I'm Matt Johnson joining us here on the game. Matt, thanks for coming in and uh, talking Suhai football. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I didn't know whether we would have this opportunity this this year, so it is a blessing. Yeah, it really is, Matt. And with anybody I've had as guests, the first question I've been asking them is the same. You know, we, we've been communicating throughout this pandemic, and obviously, you know, since uh, middle March, lives have changed. How are you and your family doing as far as just just uh, getting through this pandemic in general? How are everything's going for you? Oh, it. it it's going as well as as it can you know there's people out there who've lost jobs and things or or hours and you know been fortunate not having any of that economic impact um you know the hardest thing obviously has been when you're involved with coaching and in school there's certain things that kids only get to do once you know so there's kids who you know, didn't have a senior prom there's right kids that didn't have a senior spring season and you see it's just so disappointing you know when those things happen and it looked like football was taken from us and a bunch of angry moms made them <laughs> change their mind on that and um you know really that i teach civics too and i think that that taught a lesson that the government does work for the people and not the other way around Looking at the season right now for the Sioux High Blue Devils, three and two. And, you know, if we, we talked a month and a half ago, we weren't even sure we, like you said, we were going to have a season. Tough loss this weekend at Kingsley, a very good Kingsley team that made it, I believe, to the state semifinals last year. Just tell us a little bit about that game, Matt, and, and what you learned about uh, your team and what things need to get better as you head into your home finale against Sheboygan and then the playoffs. Yeah, there's no question we got taken behind the woodshed a little bit uh, with Kingsley, and it, it's just a function of they're 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 a really good team that plays at a really fast speed. And you know what, we have a we have a nice team too. Um, we've had some big wins early in the season, and that's the thing about football is like no matter what you have, there's someone out there with more, and that's why you're always trying to better yourself. Um, so that there are fewer and fewer teams <laughs> at the level above you. So I think that we learned 
you know, we have so many young players up front in our in our line. Um, I think that we learned a, a faster speed of game, and we play against <laughs> our games up to this point. We're all good, yeah. But this was the best one, that's for sure. You still, I believe, are responsible mainly for the line play, if I'm not mistaken, Matt. And like you said, you lost. Uh, Dave Watson likes to say a thousand pounds of beef from last year's squad. Many of those players will be playing college football at some point, hopefully, or some already have. But you know, you knew that was going to be something that you had players coming up to fill. And you know, from what I've seen, the line I think has played very well, both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. My focus is my task is pretty much with the run game and the offensive line and um you know i told scott menard coach menard that in the summer but by the time we got the end of summer i said this is going to be one of the best teams we've had up front and he was really surprised because we have um a freshman at tight end we have a sophomore at tackle you know we have uh, a sophomore at guard you know we have underclassmen all over the place and they just were really committed. They're guys, they lift in Gordy Campbell's gym year, year round. And they trained for this. And it was so devastating when it looked like it was going to be canceled for a bit because it, it really wasn't fair to them because they're guys who work year round. So they put in that work to be physically ready. And I'm telling you, like strength wise, they take a backseat to no one. They got all those summer reps in. So they are young, but. They're not like typically young guys because they put so much time on task. Matt Johnson joining us on the game, assistant coach for the Sioux High Blue Devil football team. Matt, let's look ahead to Friday. Uh, Sheboygan, an old rival, comes in. Uh, probably a different Sheboygan team than we've seen in quite some time. They're having all sorts of trouble down there, winless, but it's still a big game. Home regular season finale, playoff implications as far as points, and Probably one of the biggest Sioux High rivals, at least in football. What do you look forward to Friday night uh, from your squad? Maybe are they going to take them lightly because they're 0-5, or do you got the guys kind of focused on just week to week and getting the victory? If there's one thing about the 2020 season, it's that nothing's for sure. No. And records have never meant less. Right. Right, because you don't know all the details of what the other guy's situation is. Um, So I look at a team that – you know, every year that we've played them, they've been a physical team. Um, they bring a little bit of a different approach. Usually they're a 44 defense, and this year they're in a 5-2 cover two, which is not their normal defense, so they're trying to mix it up a little bit with what they're doing. Um, yeah, they have not had a lot of success coming in this game. But I repeat, <laughs> it's 2020, and we don't know their situation. Um, you know, they have this one circled on their calendar. And we expect their best effort and are preparing as if that'll be the case. Well, one of the changes this year is everybody gets into the playoffs, Matt, and the playoffs, hard to believe, are going to start here in less than two weeks. Suhai in Division Four, a seven-team district, and a couple of teams that you played last year, Cadillac and Ludington, along with you guys, are the three with the highest points, so more than likely will at least have one home game. Escanaba, they're kind of a wild card because they've only been able to play two games, but we had Mark Yule on last week from the MHSAA stating that you know they can put a waiver out there to get in. Uh, what are you looking at for the playoffs? Obviously, you want to get at least one home game, if not two. Could be a couple of familiar opponents, at least, if you uh, advance a little ways. Well, some colleagues of mine have put a little bit of time into this. And okay. they, have, they have figured out the algorithm, apparently. Good. 
And I'm told that we will, if we win on Friday, we will likely have two home games. Okay, very good. Okay. Now, <laughs> there's some different scenarios that I could get into but won't. But summary version of this is that we uh, likely either play, I believe it's Sagna, Arthur Hill, yep. or Escanaba, okay. depending on – because Escanaba just kind of a fluke because they didn't play a game until last week, right? They lost to Marquette, but it was Escanaba's first, first football game. game. Yeah. And now they're going to play Gladstone. And um, there is a very strong likelihood, or I shouldn't say like, there's a strong chance that we'll play Escanaba. And <laughs> if you think that that's like a low seed, an no, easy game, it's not like, at all. That is. You know that's a lump of coal in your stocking having, yeah. <laughs> having yeah. them because yeah. every we've gone against them through the years and they are among the most physical teams. Really, they're in the running for most physical team in the UP year in and year out. And they've only had one game and they started late against that athletic Marquette team. So who knows? They're going to play Gladstone this week. Um, that will not be easy if that is the opponent. Matt, we've seen a lot of cancellations. You talked about Escanaba and Nagani Ishpeming, a couple uh, ones either today or over the last little bit that aren't playing for a couple weeks. Uh, Suhai's been pretty lucky, for lack of a better term, at this point, as far as not having to forfeit any games. Uh, what are you and the coaches doing to ensure that this doesn't happen? I mean, what are some of the different measures that you guys do at practice and just at games when talking to these kids and saying, look, guys, we don't want to be in the position where we have to sit out a playoff game and essentially end our season you know well first of all we do follow we do follow the regulations um you know you have temperature checks when people come in sign in sign out you know we have masks and hand washing and etc um but i have to say it's a little bit like russian roulette because i can't tell you that it's something that we just did better than all the other teams it's dumb luck sometimes and um you know i have family in dickinson county where my nephew is on norway's jv team and they um all those schools got shut down and they're not going to the playoffs you know some of those teams and did they do something wrong that we didn't do no it's just luck of the draw it's luck of the draw and Every day, every day that there's a football pra- game, every day that there's a football practice, it's really a blessing because you never know when the fortunes will go against you. Matt Johnson joining us on the game. Uh, Matt, we're out of time. Uh, certainly we'll get you in here again um, before basketball season. Are you still involved with the Pickford Panthers? We forgot to talk about that beforehand. Yeah, I, I'm still running the show over there in Pickford and excited about that season should should it proceed as normal? Yeah, Mark Ewell, uh, again, was on our show last week. Uh, as of right now, all plans are good. They're still ironing out, of course. Uh, lots of details, but we'll certainly get you back on before basketball season. Hopefully a complete basketball season for everybody. Matt Johnson, thanks for joining us here. Best of luck Friday against Sheboygan and in the playoffs. And uh, thanks for coming in and talking Sioux High football. All right, anytime. All right, that's going to do it for Sioux High football talk. We come back, we're going to talk Laker club softball with their manager linda bouvet joining us next on the game here on espn 1400 who hasn't felt protective lately of our families our communities our resources in times like these we all fight to make sure our people are safe but at the american cancer society our people our community our family 
is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families. So keeping them safe takes everyone's help. During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The Relay for Life 4th Annual Turkey Trot is giving cancer the bird. Virtually. Go to the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page to learn more and to register. Sign up and then take part in the 5K anytime during the 24 hours of Thanksgiving Day. Even better, it doesn't matter whether you're spending Thanksgiving in the Sioux, Sacramento, San Antonio, Scranton. You can still run or walk. It's fun, it's safe, and it gives cancer the bird. There will be prizes, selfie contests, and more. Play it safe and run or walk with family. There's a family option with full participants this year enjoying five bucks off their 2021 entry. Even when you're apart, you're strong, working together to give cancer the bird. Run or walk on your time. Entry with a shirt, medal, and prize draws is just $35. Shirt only, just $15. Watch for updates and details on how you can post your time. Just go to the link on the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page. Sponsored by the Foundry and On The Mark Entertainment. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. I want to thank our guest, Matt Johnson, joining us there for the last segment. And joining us here around 645, we'll be talking to Detroit Red Wings head coach Jeff Blaschel about the Wings and... Well, it's been a busy draft and free agent season for that squad. Joining us right now is the manager, uh, owner, I like to say, of the Lake Superior State University Club's women's softball team, Linda Bouvet, joining us on the game. Linda, thanks for joining us, and uh, how are you doing today? Well, thanks a lot for having me on, Scott. It's kind of neat to be talking about softball at the end of October when people are starting to put their Christmas trees up. Yes, indeed, Linda. And uh, one of the one of the questions I always like to ask our guests here during this pandemic, and, and you know, you and I have had the fortune of talking a bit during this, uh, actually being able to be at some games and officiate. But just how are you and your family doing during this whole uh, ordeal, for lack of a better term? How, how are things going for you? Well, actually, I've I've had a really good few months. The first couple months of the shutdown were kind of hard because. Our work stopped. You know, I work for the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, and all those sports ended. And 
um, everyone was kind of confined to home, and I did the home improvement gig like everyone else did, and that got old. <laughs> yep. But I will say I've probably had one of the most normal summers uh, of any other summer. I got to play a ton of golf, and we were still able to have youth softball, and I got to do a lot of coaching. And uh, We still had our club season. We were the, one of the only uh, teams in Michigan to play anything this fall, so I'm pretty proud of that, and uh, we got through it safely, so I'm really happy. Yeah, Linda, and right now uh, you're involved, uh, as I mentioned, with the Lake Superior State University Club Softball Program. This, I believe, your fifth year, if I'm not mistaken, with this uh, organization after it was dropped as a varsity-funded sport. Uh, before I look at some of the players from this season's team, uh, Linda, I know you're trying to keep softball alive and grow it in the area. Is that, you spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, you know, Being that the program is self-funded, how are you able to keep that going at Lake State as far as a softball tradition with sometimes limited resources? Well, it is really limited, and it's not easy. I'm not going to lie about that. So we got a little bit of a, a pot to start with. Uh, we were given $5,000 to start up by uh, athletics, college athletics standards. That's nothing, but it was enough for us to really get off the ground and get the club program started. And so we rely on uh, – we do have to charge the players a player's fee, and this year we're going to try to fundraise to get out of that. Um, asking kids to pay money to play when they're in college when they already have a ton of expenses is – I just don't have a good feeling about that, yeah. especially in this day and age. And uh, So I'm doing everything I can to eliminate those costs. And then we've cut back and like, we don't use a bus anymore. We travel in cars to – uh, get to games and that saves a lot of money and and actually that's not a bad way to go because uh, we play at most of our games downstate when we travel and the kids a lot of them just go home for the weekend and meet me at the game right. so that works out pretty well but anyway um, then we have a big youth indoor tournament in the winter in February at the North Center and the North Center lets us use the sack for free and we uh don't bring in a ton of money, but we bring in a, enough money between that and some other things to balance the budget. So it works out. Linda, the season obviously challenging in any sport. You've been able to play a few games. You got a couple up here against Adrian College. You went down there and played a couple games. Then you recently, uh, just this over the weekend, uh, played at Michigan State. Just give us an idea on how your season's gone so far on the field and uh, what else you have scheduled. Obviously, with the weather, it's getting tough now, but uh, what else you have on the books as far as a season? Well, normally we play most of our season in the fall, and we even go to a big tournament in Indiana in the fall, but so much was canceled. So the unique part of this year is that Lake State is the only team in Michigan that was allowed to travel, uh, other than Adrian, I'm sorry, State and Adrian, the only team in our conference that was allowed to travel. And then uh, Michigan State was cleared to play but they're not allowed to travel and we were scheduled to host them in conference play. So that is still on the books for the spring now, but um, we went down and played kind of a scrimmage exhibition type situation. So we were able to do some different things with the lineup and get some people, some experience. And those were really important games. Michigan state's one of the top five programs in the country in club softball. So they handed it was pretty good, but it's so cool to be able to, to say we played a Big Ten team, and, and they're a very good club softball team. They could probably hold their own at at least the D2 level, if, if not maybe against some D1 teams. And 
Um, they they beat up on us pretty good. Our first game against them was okay. We lost that game eight to one, and then they kind of got into their groove and started hitting the ball really hard again at us. But um, they actually paid us a little bit of gas money to come down and oh. play them because they they weren't allowed. It was my first guarantee game. I'm, I'm laughing about that. Yeah, really. Get eight hundred thousand dollars. We got two hundred bucks. So I thought that was really funny. But anyway, I was really pleased to get the games in. Bob Every is an old crony coach like me and uh, where you just find a way to get, get the kids to play. And so we both really got a lot out of it. They were, they hadn't been able to play all year and it was our third series. So that worked in our favor a little bit, at least for one game. And then um, we were really glad and the weather held up. It rained everywhere, but on the field where we were, I swear the rain was all around us. It was meant to be. Apparently Linda It was meant to be yeah. <laughs> looking at your team, Linda, lots of familiar faces from last year when I umpired a couple of your games a few weeks ago and some, some heavy hitters. Uh, your girls like to swing the bat, which makes umpires happy and makes fans happy. Just give us an idea maybe of some of your uh, returning players that have been involved in the program for some time. Yeah, I'd like to. I am very proud of the fact that we have a kind of a senior-dominated team this year, and the, and that is something that any college team would love to have. Any high school team loves to have a senior-dominated team, and uh, they really have been the, the glue for us for the last few years. And I I can't start off with anyone but our president and pitcher Ashley Menominee. She's actually in her this year with us, she's been with us since the club team started, and I think she's going to be able to come back next year, too. She's a super, super senior. So um, as long as you're taking 12 credit hours, you can still play. And so she's she just loves the game, and she's an RA on campus, so she's a great recruiter for us. And then uh, our other seniors are our shortstop, Shelby Fallabaum, and you saw her hit the cover off the ball. <laughs> yes, she did. She umpired. And then Kennedy Cooner, who was not there that day, um, she plays third base and does some pitching for us, a really, really good ball player. And then uh, Ashley's sister, Amanda, I think is in, she's been at Lake State off and on for four years, but I think she's a junior. And then we have another senior, Danny Cole, who um, isn't always able to play, but she's she's been a part of our team the last couple of years too. And um, so that really good senior class, all good players, all good people. They're going to be great professionals, too. Yeah, a lot of great players and kids on that team. Linda Bouvet joining us, uh, talking Lake State Club softball. A couple more questions, Linda, before I let you go. And we mentioned when Lake State was a varsity program and you know now being club. Is there any hope in the future, uh, any possibilities, in your opinion, that maybe down the line, maybe after uh, COVID-19 settles down and budget get, budgets get back into line, that it can possibly be a varsity sport at Lake State again? I think there's a, a slim chance. I'm always going to hold out hope that it can come back. Uh, softball is an Olympic sport now. It's yeah. been growing and growing and growing, and it's become really big in the UP and northern lower Michigan. I mean, Escanaba has made it to the state finals how many times hmm. now? So there's a great recruiting base here, and, and I don't know if uh, people understand how much softball there really is. Good, Good, talented players in this area, whereas I know Lake State's done some feasibility studies on adding other sports and the sports I've heard about. And of course, I'm partial to softball, but they don't have the recruiting base in the, in the northern part of Michigan 
like you would need for starting a new sport. I think they could still get some of those players, but I think they'd have to look a lot farther. Whereas softball, they're kind of in the backyard. Yeah. Now I, I think some of the coaches in the past did a decent job finding those players. Um, and so it's not, Don Myers did a great job recruiting UP players. And, um, the problem he had though was he couldn't always get the downstate players. Right. And then uh, Lori, who replaced Don when he retired, she did a really good job getting the downstate players, but didn't do a very good job getting the UP players. She never made those connections in Northern Michigan. So I, I really think if you could find a coach that could find that balance, you could fill a good roster. I know our president is a baseball guy. He'd love to see baseball get added, and he's not going to be able to bring in baseball without bringing in softball with Title IX. So um, the other part of that factor, I think, is we would really need a, a better indoor facility for baseball and softball, whether it's for training or games. And I've talked to uh, both the Sioux schools and the university about that with um, some reception, not a ton of reception. I've even approached them with some funding, but it, it's just a drop in the bucket for what they would really need to do it right. So um, I know I know there's been some talk about it. I don't know how far it's gone. So yes, there's always hope, but it's it's a ways away. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. Linda Bouvet joining us on the game. Linda, we got about two more minutes. Final question. You have been very instrumental. You have been the guiding force and the drive behind softball in this community, in my opinion. I mean, you, you look at the facilities and you look at the success and the, and the different players and, and the schools around, not just in the Sioux, but other schools like Rudyard and Success and now St. Ignace. Uh, what does this area need to do to continue to grow softball? Personally, I love the game. I used to officiate both both softball and baseball, but I find myself now officiating softball because I, I just enjoy being a part of that game. What does this area need to do? You mentioned Escanaba and the Gladstones of the world to try to take that next step and get more players and build programs that you know are uh, you know contending for state championships. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and you're right. And, and what it takes is really building it from the very bottom up. So we've got to start with like ten and under and twelve and under. That's the key to developing. Uh, successful programs. I think we've done a pretty good job getting that accomplished in the Sioux. And I think Rudgard's done a really good job of that. The other communities really haven't invested in their summers in, in the kids. So um, we have offered to help them and I would love to hear from them again. Uh, I I know Kurt Kwiatkowski who just stepped down as the Rudyard head coach. He and I were coaching together this summer and we, we want to develop the sport no matter what community we're working in. And I am committed to helping any program in Eastern UP become a better softball program. Linda Bouvet joining us on the game. Uh, Linda, always good to have you on the show. Uh, we'll certainly get you on again maybe uh, as the snow starts to melt and, and the fields start to dry up. But thanks for joining us here on the game. And uh, best of luck with Laker Club softball and just softball in general in the area. We look forward to talking about it more with you. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. It's great to be on, and we always love to see you at the field, too. So thanks for umpiring and giving back to the kids. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure. That is Linda Bouvet joining us on the game. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk Detroit Red Wings hockey with their head coach, Jeff Blaschel, coming up next on the game here on ESPN 1400. It's time to decide who stands with our families on health care. 
Republican John James has taken nearly $100,000 from prescription drug companies. So it's no surprise James supported a $28 billion tax cut for the drug companies. The same John James who has repeatedly said he sides with the insurance companies who want to repeal protections for coverage of pre-existing conditions. So in the middle of a pandemic, John James would end protections for pre-existing conditions. And sides with his corporate donors who would raise drug prices and oppose efforts to lower medicine costs. John James just can't be trusted on health care. Fortunately, Gary Peters is always working for Michigan. Peters is battling insurance companies to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. And standing up to the big drug companies to pass a new law lowering the price of prescription drugs. When it comes to health care, it's that simple. Gary Peters for Michigan. I'm Gary Peters, candidate for Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Peters for Michigan. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance. And a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at madiganpingator.com. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 645 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. I want to thank our guests so far, Matt Johnson from Sioux High Football and Linda Bouvet from Lake Superior State University Club Softball. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll start our roundtable with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and EJ Russell from Escanaba, Michigan. Joining us right now on the game, you know him well, a native of Sioux St. Marie. Grew up playing hockey here, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Oh, by the way, he's also the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Jeff Blaschel joining us on the game. Jeff, thanks for coming on tonight and joining us. Yeah, Scott, it's a pleasure to be on the show up in the Sioux. Well, we appreciate you on, Jeff. And, uh, you know, let's first of all, I've been asking all our guests this, and we were talking a little bit before we went on the air as far as, you know, just trying to get through this pandemic and how you and your family are doing. And so I'm going to offer that question to you. How how are the Blaschels doing during COVID-19? Well, it's obviously been a you know a long stretch here as it has been for everybody, and we've gone through different stages of it uh, as I'm sure everybody else has. And certainly early, you know, over the the one thing I would say is I've gotten to, to have more family time than I probably ever have in my life, and I've got a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and a 10 year old, and uh, so that's been really neat. That's been uh, you know a positive part of it for sure. Um, you know, we've we've kept working and trying to be ready and try to be as prepared as we can. Um, but certainly have had that, that extra family time that we didn't count on and, and we're, and we're savoring it. And as you know, when the kids get to that age, there's a, there's a, it'll be a few years where they don't want to talk to us anymore. So, uh, we're, we're taking advantage of this time where they still mildly want to be with us. So it's been, it's been fun that way. Jeff, we're going to talk about the uh, season coming up and some of the details, but before we get into that, you know, 
what has been the one biggest surprise so far to you as far as your tenure coaching the Detroit Red Wings? Obviously, you know, this, I believe your fifth season going in. If you had to pick one thing that surprised you the most so far, what is it? Um, you know, I don't know if surprise, if there's one thing that's necessarily surprised, we, we certainly, you know, I would say last year, um, you know, we, we knew it could be a, a tough year, but, but to the level of, of tough that it was, was something that we didn't expect. You know, when, when Danny DeKaiser went down, yeah. um, our, our decor was a bit thin to start and, and that was a big loss for us and injuries are part of it. Um, but some years you're just not, uh, super deep at certain positions. And so that one was a big one. So th- there was a, you know, that was certainly, uh, a tough time and in, in, in from a professional standpoint. Now I will say though, like I'm a big believer that, that you have the opportunity to learn great things from those times. And so, um, you know, every, every year here in Detroit, I'm, I'm going into my sixth year, every year uh, presents unique challenges. Um, you know, we certainly trying to, 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 to get this organization back to where everybody wants it to be. But, you know, I think we all understand that that takes time and, and we're at a certain point in the cycle. And so, we're trying to build it and do it the right way. And I think one of the things I got to constantly remind myself is as much as we want to win tomorrow, uh, we can't sacrifice long-term to try to win tomorrow. And we got to make sure we, we, we have this uh, long-term plan to try to win uh, the right way and do it over the, the long haul. Jeff, let's look at that plan as far as the NHL draft, which was a couple of weeks ago. The Red Wings with 12 picks, including the fourth overall pick. You took Lucas Raymond, a forward from Sweden. A total of six forwards, five defensemen, and one goaltender were selected in this year's draft. Uh, were you happy with the uh, individuals that you were able to get uh, out of this year's draft class? Yeah, I think the biggest part in the draft, and 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 you know, NHL head coaches don't have uh, nearly the input uh, as as let's say NFL coaches do. It's a, it's a more of a separate thing, as it should be, because we don't get a chance in normal times to see the players, uh, and that's why we have a, a large scouting staff that scouts all over the world. And the NHL draft, I think, is the hardest draft because of the different levels that the the scouts have to scout from anywhere from high school hockey to, to, to men's pro hockey, uh, you know, different parts of the world. So it is very, very difficult. But, um, you know, the biggest thing I would say with the draft, whether it be this year or over the last number of years, is between, you know, after my, my first season in Detroit was the first time that we didn't trade any, that we didn't trade any draft picks uh, at the trading deadline. And then the next sub- the subsequent years, we, we actually added draft picks. And I think between Ken Holland and Steve Eisman, they've done a great job of adding the quantity of draft picks, especially in those first three rounds. And what that does is, is gives you just more, more uh, chances to win, basically. It's, it's a little bit like a lottery. And in the, in the more raffle tickets you have, the better chance you have to hit. And you don't need to hit on every pick, and you're never going to. But you need to hit on as many as possible, and 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 especially if you can hit big with a couple guys that end up being superstars, you know that's how you ultimately uh, get your team to that highest level. And so, you know, we're excited about the the, the number of, of prospects we've had. I think when I when I do development camps, we didn't do it this year, obviously, but when I did it, did it a year ago, I thought our defense core is as deep in terms of potential players as, as I've seen since I've been in the organization. Now it's a matter of some of that potential becoming reality. Um, certainly, you know, our top pick with Lucas Raymond, we've got a guy who, who has a chance to be an electric player, a guy who's got a chance to be a high-end offensive player. And ultimately, we need, uh, we need guys at each position. So, you know, I certainly trust the work that Chris Draper and, and Steve Eisenman and, and their management scouting team did. And, uh, 
we're we're looking forward to, to to years to come with with the number of draft picks that we've had. Jeff Blashill joining us on the game, head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, coach, you mentioned Steve Eiserman, uh, been on the job now, I believe, eighteen months as general manager for the Detroit Red Wings. You hired in under Ken Holland. How has that transition gone with you and you know having Ken Holland there for a few years and having Steve Steve Eiserman come in? How how has that transition been? Well, I think, um, you know, I've been really, really, really fortunate in my time as, a, as an NHL head coach. If you think about the two general managers I've had, uh, they're both Hall of Famers yeah. now uh, with Ken's induction. And, and uh, you know, Steve, obviously as a player, but but ultimately I think he'll be judged as a Hall of Fame general manager as well. And so, um, you know, I've been really, really lucky to be able to have uh, those two uh, gentlemen as, as resources. And, um, you know, I think you get an opportunity to work with people on a day-to-day basis. You can learn so much from them. Certainly in, in this particular case, I had lots of conversations with Steve uh, through last year uh, because he had, he's lived this before. Right. You know, he did it in the early days of the, of, of the Red Wings. Um, you know, what, what things worked, what didn't work. Uh, those types of conversations, I think, were, were really enlightening and, and can really not just help myself as a coach, but help our whole organization. So, again, I feel real lucky, uh, real blessed to have been able to work with both, gen- both gentlemen. They're both great people, um, certainly hard driving, certainly want success, very, very honest. Um, but that's how I expect. And ultimately, we all want the same thing. We want to get the Red Wings back to the top. Coach Jeff Blashill joining us on the game. And Jeff, you know, it wasn't just drafts, but free agent signings that have keeping the wings in the news here over the past couple weeks. Uh, veterans like Bobby Ryan, Mark Stahl. You also have help on defense, John Merrill, uh, Thomas Greason, Nett. Uh, lots of depth and players that want to play in Detroit that are on the free agent market. Uh, two questions out of this. One is obviously the additions. How much is that going to help your team? And two, are you really looking as a coach to get players that just want to play for you, want to play in Detroit and help this organization grow? Well, I think certainly, you know, I'll start with the second part. I think certainly you you, you want people that want to be in your organization. And that was no different when I was recruiting in college or coaching in college. You always want people that want to be there. That's a prerequisite, not just there because you may have paid them the most money. You want people that want to be there because they might have a tie to to Detroit uh, and have an extra passion for Detroit. They might have a tie to the Red Wings. They might have a tie to yourself as a coach, or maybe it's just they see it as the exact right fit. And so we certainly want those types of people. And I think uh, I thought we did a pretty good job in free agency, given that we we certainly didn't want to do anything that was going to put us in a position uh, that that we regret uh in in future years um and sometimes in free agency that happens where you get caught up and and you end up uh, paying a contract out that's great for the first three four years and maybe not as great the last three years or so and and so we didn't want to put ourselves in any of that position um so a lot of them are short-term contracts but they're guys that are highly motivated uh i i believe totally want to be here want to be part of this solution uh want to be part of getting this uh, organization uh back on the right track and so i'm excited about that Looking ahead to the upcoming season, Coach, uh, we don't have a whole lot of details as far as when it might start. It looks like possibly in early January. Uh, what do you know, if anything, as far as this point on what the NHL plans to do or that you have been told? Honestly, I probably know as much as, as, as you do in, in a sense that it's it's basically there's really been no news, and I don't blame the NHL for that. Right. I think the NHL did a great job. Uh, maybe the best job of any of the sports leagues of just being patient when, when COVID hit. 
uh, not making, not not having any rush to judgment, and and then as make the best decision they could as as time proceeded. And I think we're going to do the same thing uh, as we move forward here. Um, you know, certainly uh, Commissioner Bettman came out at the draft and uh, basically made it sound like January at the earliest right now. Um, you know, I'm, you know, those of us in Detroit, we're, we're hoping to get going as quick as possible. We want to play tomorrow because we haven't played in such a long period of time. But I also understand, you know, there's a lot of things that play in the problem in these situations. And what's different with COVID is it's a lot that's out of our control. Right. And, and so we just have to be patient. Uh, trust the NHL is going to make the, the decision to play at the best time possible and put us in the best position as a, as a league. And so we're preparing uh to to be as ready as we can when that time starts and and not knowing for sure what that means uh we just got to make sure we're as prepared as possible um and and in the meantime this does give our players a chance to continue to get better and you know we we've been off a long time the bodies are rested uh let's take this opportunity when maybe some other teams are still resting from playing in the playoffs uh to improve ourselves to improve ourselves as as individuals and that's what we're trying to do Coach Jeff Blaschel joining us on the game of the Detroit Red Wings. Coach, we had a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, you know, you talked about not being able to practice or, you know, do much with the team. Uh, is there a, a testing element with, you know, yourself and the players as far as from the organization or the NHL right now? Or, you know, what what is the protocol? Is there a certain amount of times that you have to test? Or is, does that all start once you actually, you know, get into training camp? Yeah, that would really start once we get into where we're, doing things out of our rink. And right now we're not, um, right now our players are, are, uh, in different spots around, around the world, uh, um, training and, and we're certainly monitoring that training, um, in touch with the players, uh, and a number of different levels. But until we really get going into training camp or certainly once we get going more in our rink, uh, those protocols start at that point. So right now, um, we're, we're not under that. Um, and, and we're just kind of going day to day and, and everybody's, uh, uh, responsible for their own inner drive and their own commitment to, to their development. Final question for you, Coach. Uh, quite a few listeners wanted me to ask you this question. Uh, spending time in Sault Ste. Marie being raised here, as a matter of fact, you and I were classmates and then played some youth hockey together. If you had to pick one memory of Sault Ste. Marie, which we like to call up here the original hockey town, playing hockey or just in general, what would that one memory be? Well, first off, it was a great, great, great place to grow up. And, and Scott, as you know, I mean, it's a, it, it was a great, great childhood. And really, there's a lot of people that had huge impacts on my life uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, friends, teachers, coaches. Um, you know, I, I mentioned uh, some of my youth coaches in the past, Bob Brown and John Ferroni were two that had a huge impact on not only my lives, but, but a lot of the people, a lot of the guys I played with. And, you know, I do... I had so many good memories. It's really hard to narrow to one. Uh, I, I do. I would say when I was playing for the Sioux Hawks uh, in Midget AAA, you know, we had a state tournament up in the Sioux against Little Caesars, and the the, the crowd was packed. The, the North Center at the time it was packed, and uh, and it was a really cool time. But uh, I would just say just a flood of memories. And and um, you know, I went back to the Sioux this summer with my uh, with my wife and my kids, uh, and just want to make sure that my kids get a real good feel for what a, what a great place it was that their dad grew up and uh, how proud I am to, uh, to have grown up in the Sioux. Well, Jeff Blaschel, head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, joining us on the game. Coach, appreciate you coming on our show and look forward to the upcoming season and glad to hear that you and your family are doing good. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on again sometime this season. Appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck in the upcoming season. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Great, great chatting with you again, and uh, uh, good, uh, best of health to your family as well. Thank you, uh, Coach Jeff Blaschel, joining us on the game. We come back, we'll start Hour 2 of our roundtable. That's coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN 1400. Jeep Adventure Days are on now at O'Connor's of Pickford. Jeep goes anywhere you want to go. And during Jeep Adventure Days, O'Connor's has you driving away into your next adventure in a low-mileage lease Jeep. Like a new 2020 Jeep Compass. 36-month ultra-low-mileage lease is just $289 a month plus tax with just $1,000 down at signing. Your good credit earns you this Jeep Compass. It's all part of Jeep Adventure Days through October at O'Connor's of Pickford. Who hasn't felt protective lately of our families, our communities, our resources? In times like these, we all fight to make sure our people are safe. But at the American Cancer Society, our people, our community, our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families. So keeping them safe takes everyone's help. During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The Relay for Life 4th Annual Turkey Trot is giving cancer the bird. Virtually. Go to the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page to learn more and to register. Sign up and then take part in the 5K anytime during the 24 hours of Thanksgiving Day. Even better, it doesn't matter whether you're spending Thanksgiving in the Sioux, Sacramento, San Antonio, Scranton. You can still run or walk. It's fun, it's safe, and it gives cancer the bird. There will be prizes, selfie contests, and more. Play it safe and run or walk with family. There's a family option with full participants this year enjoying five bucks off their 2021 entry. Even when you're apart, you're strong, working together to give cancer the bird. Run or walk on your time. Entry with a shirt, medal, and prize draws is just $35. Shirt only, just $15. Watch for updates and details on how you can post your time. Just go to the link on the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page. Sponsored by the Foundry and On The Mark Entertainment. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Want to thank our guests in Hour 1, including Detroit Red Wings head coach Jeff Blasho, Linda Bouvet from Lake Superior State University's club softball program, and Matt Johnson from Sioux High Football. As we enter Hour 2, and our co-host is here, 
He is host of his own show, Butch on Sports, brand new edition dropped last night, which you can find on his podcast page, Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.Podomatic.com. You can also find him on Facebook. Just look up Butch on Sports as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports world. Excuse me, Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? I'm okay. Butch, uh, the Detroit Lions uh, were, were good, I think, yesterday, starting with them, a 34-16 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars to improve their record to 2-3. and three. Uh, What were some of the things that you saw yesterday that uh, impressed you? Nothing. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Nothing, because this could have uh, transplanted four games ago. And it's just, you know, you look at what they did, and I've been preaching about it, you know, for quite some time. The things that I talk about that they don't do, uh, they, they they end up doing, okay? You know, Matthew Stafford took time out to run. Uh, the defense uh, put pressure on the quarterback on the opposite side, and that that worked out with the cornerbacks. Because of that front rush that they had there, that was very good. It was the best game they played all season long. Uh, and that equals to better uh, protection of the, uh, you know, of the receivers there. They hurried, uh, meet you a lot. If they didn't hurry them, they hit them. Uh, they made things very difficult for them. And that really what won the game. They kept a lead, um, and the defense helped them. I don't go along with uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, you got to outscore him, outshoot him. You just got to go out there and play, get a lead, and hold it. And that's what the Lions did yesterday. Swift, a big game. Butch, uh, the second-round draft pick of the Lions, over 120 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, Lions rushing the ball. We haven't said that much, but again, it was against Jacksonville. They're going to face a tougher opponent, in my opinion, in Atlanta, who looked pretty good. Uh, can the Lions keep this going? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. There, we don't know. You know, we wait for the next game. We go from there, and and that's it. There were media reports uh, yesterday that if the Lions lost, and I wasn't buying any of these for a second, that it could be the final game for Matt Patricia. Uh, any uh, anything out of that that you see or heard, uh, Butch, to give any credence to that? No. Not at all. The um, uh, president of Detroit Lions was at camp last week. They presented their uh, game ball. Uh, nothing was said or, or any indications that they were going to be thrown out in the street in the middle of the season or whatever Maybe Maybe one or two more bad games that might be the case uh, of doing something. But right now, no. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt uh, Patricia is going to be there. At least to the end of the season, I think there, you know, push or crook, and that's kind of sad. But hopefully, the Lions do some winning instead of a lot of losing there. I think the the people of Detroit deserve a lot better. Uh, they got people on their team that they've had uh, this year that uh, they dog on their empty their lineup. Uh, it's supposed to be Matt Patricia's way. He has to have his influence involved there on defense from where he's been uh, coaching for quite some time. And also the offense got to um, sustain some drives there and do some scoring, 
which they again they did this particular game there. So that has to continue to go. Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, uh, as far as high school football, uh, we talked locally about what's going on here. Uh, the playoffs will start in less than two weeks, and we're seeing several schools up here close because of COVID-19 potentially uh, impacting their playoff ventures. Uh, how is it in your area? I know it's bad all across the state, but how is the state of high school football in the Metro Detroit area? Uh, nobody closing, but right now, uh, so far, so good. There has not been no big incidents down here in the lower peninsula that uh, would warrant, uh, you know, the close down of school or anything of that nature there. Butch, uh, any updates on the Pistons or the Tigers? Obviously, the Tigers season has ended. The Pistons have been pretty quiet, at least what I've seen as far as what's coming up, a potential season, maybe starting uh, late December, early January. Any updates from those two organizations? I talked to Corey Clemens this afternoon there. Uh, I ain't going to blow too much of what I talked about on the air with him because I'm going to use that for Wednesday. Okay. Well, they showed a lot of... Uh, you know, antagonistic uh, type of feeling that they may get an opportunity to uh, to uh, to play. If everyone don't know about Corey Clemens. Corey Clemens is a second baseman. Uh, young uh, Corey Clemens, by the way, that's uh, Mr. Clemens' uh, youngest son there. So this will be um, a feather in his cast for him to make the team. Uh, I think he's a he right now. He feels he's a wave. From that, but like next year when it comes up, they're doing spring training, which uh, many of the players are looking at. They have an opportunity to kind of beat out some people that uh, were on the team this year and kind of make their major squad. I think the precedence has been set that the Tigers are going to look for younger, uh, more uh, energetic players to come out there and, and do some damage so they can uh, have be a better team. And uh, he's one of them who's looking to do that, him and uh, Spencer Torkinson there. Butch, uh, as far as other things going on around the Detroit area from a, a regional perspective, what else can you tell us tonight? It's cold. <laughs> we had snow on the ground up here a little bit, Butch. You want us to send some your way? No. Okay. Big Ten football starting this weekend. Uh, I would say, Butch, this is probably the least I've been excited for a Big Ten football season in some time. Uh, what's the talk around your area? Big Ten football, uh, a little late to the party. Uh, what's your thoughts? Nothing. No one's really saying anything until the actual season starts. Uh, again, we're seeing all kind of COVID spikes. Uh, none of the Big Ten teams are really – Coming out saying that they have a COVID-19, although Michigan gives a weekly check of, of all their athletes that they test, and they test almost every day. Uh, they're saying right now none of the athletes, a couple maybe training people will have uh, some, um, some problems, but they're not connected with the football team. So at best right now with the University of Michigan, I've got no uh, – Word for Michigan State that they're ready to go on this upcoming week there. Bush, let's go to break. We come back. We're going to have our roundtable assemble. We're hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell from Escanaba, Michigan, as we dive into the world of sports on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN 1400. It's time to decide who stands with our families on health care. 
Republican John James has taken nearly $100,000 from prescription drug companies. So it's no surprise James supported a $28 billion tax cut for the drug companies. The same John James who has repeatedly said he sides with the insurance companies who want to repeal protections for coverage of pre-existing conditions. So in the middle of a pandemic, John James would end protections for pre-existing conditions. And sides with his corporate donors who would raise drug prices and oppose efforts to lower medicine costs. John James just can't be trusted on health care. Fortunately, Gary Peters is always working for Michigan. Peters is battling insurance companies to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. And standing up to the big drug companies to pass a new law lowering the price of prescription drugs. When it comes to health care, it's that simple. Gary Peters for Michigan. I'm Gary Peters, candidate for Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Peters for Michigan. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owners insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at MadiganPingator.com. Jeep Adventure Days are on now at O'Connor's of Pickford. Jeep goes anywhere you want to go. And during Jeep Adventure Days, O'Connor's has you driving away into your next adventure in a low-mileage lease Jeep. Like a new 2020 Jeep Compass. 36-month ultra-low-mileage lease is just $289 a month plus tax with just $1,000 down at signing. Your good credit earns you this Jeep Compass. It's all part of Jeep Adventure Days through October at O'Connor's of Pickford. Who hasn't felt protective lately of our families, our communities, our resources? In times like these, we all fight to make sure our people are safe. But at the American Cancer Society, our people, our community, our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families. So keeping them safe takes everyone's help. During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov therightseat the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org.
Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The Relay for Life 4th Annual Turkey Trot is giving cancer the bird. Virtually. Go to the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page to learn more and to register. Sign up and then take part in the 5K anytime during the 24 hours of Thanksgiving Day. Even better, it doesn't matter whether you're spending Thanksgiving in the Sioux, Sacramento, San Antonio, Scranton. You can still run or walk. It's fun, it's safe, and it gives cancer the bird. There will be prizes, selfie contests, and more. Play it safe and run or walk with family. There's a family option with full participants this year enjoying five bucks off their 2021 entry. Even when you're apart, you're strong, working together to give cancer the bird. Run or walk on your time. Entry with a shirt, medal, and prize draws is just $35. Shirt only, just $15. Watch for updates and details on how you can post your time. Just go to the link on the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page. Sponsored by the Foundry and On The Mark Entertainment. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 716 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We're hoping to be rejoined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, having a, our usual technical issue. We always have one a show, and it appears like we're having another one right now. We'll hopefully get Butch here back in a few minutes. But joining us right now, co-host of the game and host of his own show, The Hot Seat from Escanaba, Michigan, which you can find on our podcast page. TheGamesportShow.podbean.com. Joining us on the roundtable tonight, EJ Russell. Yo. EJ, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? I am good, and, and I'd like to take a quick second to apologize to listeners that I didn't make it last week. Uh, just to share a little personal news, unfortunately, my grandmother passed away, and I had to make an emergency trip to Cleveland. So, sorry I couldn't make it last week, Scott. Uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances, but uh, happy to be back. Happy to be here with you, as always. And our, our condolences go out to you and your family, Thank EJ, you. uh, on the loss of your grandmother last week. We didn't know at the time, but uh, certainly well, and, and certainly know, that goes out know, to you. She was the biggest sports fan in the world. Anytime I ever called her, uh, you know, the, the, the first words are, Grandma, hey, how you doing? What are you up to? Oh, I'm just sitting here watching the insert Cleveland sports <laughs> team. So, uh, she was quite the sports fan. She was uh, and I will say she was so proud of me doing the show. She'd probably be bummed that I missed last week traveling. But uh, I know that if she, if she were still here, she'd be listening to the show and, and would certainly be invested in what we have to say because she was the biggest sports fan. She never missed a game uh, for me, myself, my sisters, my cousins, anybody, the biggest sports fan in the world. So uh, she'll surely be missed. Her, her, uh, her jersey should be hanging up in the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, my mom and dad are listening tonight, EJ, and uh, I certainly can relate because my grandmother was all the sports fan that your grandma is and was. And so that's fantastic uh, to hear. Uh, EJ, let's go to week six of the NFL. Uh, that going on as we speak. I think this is the first ever broadcast where we had a simultaneous simultaneous Monday game. Uh, right now in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs leading the Buffalo Bills by the score of 20 to 10. Later on tonight, Arizona takes on Dallas. That one to start at 815. Uh, you know, it was a good week for the Lions. We talked about that with Butch. Uh, not so good for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, just your overall week six NFL football talk. You and talk about Browns or anybody you want. The floor is yours. Well, it's fair if I say Browns suck. That was <laughs> absolutely horrendous. That was horrendous. 
I, I, I came to my favorite establishment to watch the game every Sunday, like I always do, my seat reserved, cold, frothy beverage in front of me and my TV. Uh, and I'll tell you what, as soon as the game started, Baker Mayfield threw an interception on the first drive, and I went, oh, that's how this game's going to go. You know, I was glad we held him up to uh, the Browns held the Steelers to a field goal in the very first possession. I was like, all right, we're going somewhere. Then Baker did the one thing that uh, he can't do in order for the Browns to win, and that's turn the football over on the first possession of the game, resulting in the first Steelers touchdown allowing them to go up 10 nothing. The Browns did try to battle back, but unfortunately that first half was ugly. Ended up, what was it, 20, 20 to 7, 24 to 7. I don't remember because I don't want to remember. I mean, front to back, it was ugly. The Steelers defense, which was the second best rush defense in the NFL, topped my Browns number one rushing offense. And, and honestly, some of that does have to do with the fact that, uh, Nick Chubb wasn't in that offense, but we're better than we performed. Uh, you know what? I, I'm glad that if we were going to lose the game to still keep us at four and two at a winning record, that that's the game to lose because that's one that now, okay, now you know what the Steelers blueprint is in the second game. Uh, because guess what? Their division opponent, you get to play him again. So I think that the Browns can certainly improve, but the offensive line, uh, was, was rough that game. And I think that the Browns need to change their plan of attack. And I think Kevin Stefanski is a good enough coach that if they change that plan of attack, that they will be better in the second matchup. But Pittsburgh is an incredibly talented football team. Was this their first 5-0 and start since 1970-something? Uh, and I believe that year Terry Bradshaw was their quarterback, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, this was our first 4-1 start since 1994 under a guy that uh, a lot of people like uh, named Bill Belichick. Okay. So this, this was a big game for the Browns. We flopped. Unfortunately, it wasn't our best effort. But I think we learned a lot about uh, what we got to do to get to that next level because I think the Browns are a good football team this year. I just don't think they're a great football team this year. Uh, for me, outside of this, I was paying a lot of attention to the Tennessee Titans. Man, that was a close game with Houston. And King King Henry himself with another 200-yard performance, uh, he's just an absolute study. And I'll go as far to say – that if he continues to do this over the next, as he did last year, he looks like he's doing it again this year. I think he'll do it again next year. Most running backs have a three-year window where they're just absolutely dominant. I think we're watching the most dominant, uh, potentially the most dominant three years of football that any running back has ever seen. I, I can't remember a guy rushing for as many 200-yard games as I can Derrick Henry in these last years. They're just playing absolutely fantastic football. The Atlanta Falcons finally finding a way to win a game, although against the uh, Minnesota Vikings struggling clearly uh, they're clearly struggling since loss of Kevin Stefanski. That was a big piece of them because their offense doesn't look the same. Stephon Diggs isn't there, which kills a lot of those other options. New York football giants, finally finding a way to win a football game. I had them winning that game, although not by a point. Uh, The Baltimore Philly game was closer than the game really was. I, I think uh, you know, Baltimore didn't blow anybody away, but Philly didn't do enough to win. Uh, Detroit, congratulations, victory Monday today, getting a 34-16 win over Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but the two games besides, I'm not going to get into Green Bay-Tampa Bay because I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were just due for a bad game. Um, can we take two seconds to appreciate that the Bears are 5-1? 5-1? Five and one? Five and one? They just find they ways to win games? Yeah. And, and, and they found a way to win a game against a Carolina Panthers team that uh, most people don't know this since he's come into the league. I believe Teddy Bridgewater is like the sixth best winning percentage. And he's behind guys like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Those are the only five guys with a better winning percentage in front of him. Teddy Bridgewater 
is a good quarterback. He proved that in his short time with Minnesota. He proved that again in his short stint as the starter last year in New Orleans. He definitely deserves this Carolina Panthers starting job. And if he had a healthy Christian McCaffrey, I'll bet you a lot of money that they end up finding a way to win that football game. Uh, so let's give the, let's give the Chicago Bears a lot of credit for finding a way to get to five and one. But Carolina is far better than people realize they are. Uh, and then finally, last thing I want to mention is to a final little bit of game time and garbage time as the Miami Dolphins upset the dumpster fire of the New York Jets 24 nothing. I, I, I don't, did I say upset? Not, I mean, they beat him. <laughs> no upset needed. Upset. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's Miami and New York, who's really the upset there? <laughs> They're both bad football teams. Um, but uh, I think really the Chicago Bears finding a way to squeak that out was impressive. I think the Giants deserve a little bit of credit for finding a way to beat the Washington football team by a point. Uh, but the last game I'll choose to highlight here is Denver finds a way to beat New England 18-12. And the only reason I choose to point that game out is that Cam Newton is 0-4 against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he tr- trouble against it's them. Team, it is a team that he cannot find a way to beat. And, and what's really troubling for me here is, is what is it that Denver keeps doing well that they keep shutting Cam Newton down? Because last time when they played that I can remember in the Super Bowl, Von Miller was a pretty big piece, and he ain't playing this year. So I'm a little concerned about what New England's doing. Again, I, I've been very vocal on my opinion that you cannot continue to run the ball through Cam Newton, yet they're continuing to try and do that. I don't know that that's going to work all year. So I do want to give Denver a little bit of credit for finding a way to win that football game. But again, for me, uh, the Chicago Bears... I don't know how they're doing it, but it's something you got to talk about at this point. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned two teams there, Chicago and Tennessee. I mean, they're not winning pretty. I mean, that game was not pretty for Tennessee. I mean, Romeo Cornell decides to go for two when they're up seven. That that kind of surprised me. I mean, likely Tennessee would have tied it, yeah, but, but, no. but but yeah, still it was kind of a, a head scratchy there. But Tennessee just finds ways to win that game, and, and it's not all Derrick Henry. I mean, you look at uh, what Ryan Tannehill did. We threw four touchdowns, AJ Brown back. And so Tennessee certainly uh, undefeated for a reason. And oh, by the way, they play Pittsburgh uh, next week. So that's certainly a uh, game of the week implications. Uh, another interesting game was Indianapolis and Cincy. Cincy, they showed glimpses in that first quarter mm-hmm. on how good this team potentially could be. I thought Joe was going to get them. I did too when everything's clicking, but it's it's every week this year. There's been a team that's been down by more than 16 points that has come back, and Indianapolis comes back. At you know that again, I think we're seeing glimpses of what Burrow and I think he's done a good job. Obviously, Cincinnati defensively maybe isn't as strong as they need to be, but I wouldn't sleep on this Cincinnati team just yet. They're gonna you know potentially knock off some some teams as we move along. And, and let's add this about Cincinnati: they're still missing Geno Atkins, probably their best defense. Right, Detroit. You know. Okay, you beat Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, the Jets are going to be playing the Trevor Lawrence Bowl, it appears, as far as who can be worse uh, to potentially get Mr. Lawrence or somebody else. Uh, It was a good game. I mean, the Lions ran the ball. They pressured the quarterback. Stafford didn't make uh, a big mistake. And now Matt Stafford has thrown a touchdown pass against every team in the league. Jacksonville was the last one. And every team in the league has more playoff wins or the same as Matthew Stafford. So I thought I'd point that out as well. Can we pause on Stafford for a second? I've I've been waiting to pause on Stafford for years. So I I got a few seconds. Go for it. You and I had texted each other about this Friday. Okay. 
And for those listeners of our other shows, Tyler and I did discuss what I'm about to bring up with Scott on the hot seat on Thursday night. Uh, Scott, what are your thoughts about the Lions potentially trading Matthew Stafford to the Dallas Cowboys for Dalton and picks and giving Stafford and, and the Cowboys a better opportunity to win a Super Bowl? Do you think that this is a time for the, for the Lions to move on from Stafford with a young core of Hawkinson, Swift, uh, and Jeff Okuda and try to bring in some new pieces or, or do you try to keep him there and find a way to continue to, to putt through what you've been doing? Do you think they should consider the trade? I think they should consider it, but from what I know about the Lions, they won't consider it. Matt Stafford is beloved by that organization. Uh, several fans uh, do love Matt Stafford and there's a lot of Stafford apologists out there. I am not one of them. Uh, is the Detroit Lions uh, feudal recent history the fault of Matt Stafford's? No, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you to the next level. And just as a Lions fan watching the Justin Herberts and the Tua's now getting in there of the world and it seems like all these other quarterbacks that the Lions could have drafted that, you know, waiting in the wings, sitting there they they got to look at it at some point and you know and the conundrum for a lions fan is you know okay so they win a couple games and they're 3 and 3 and they finish 7 and 9 that does not do them any good they either need to make the playoffs and make a run or just finish 1 and 15 and draft a quarterback and get rid of patricia and quinn so i would do it ej i don't think there's any chance that it's going to happen but it's certainly something uh to think about and i think what we see out of tonight's game uh, in Dallas is a big indicator. I mean, is Andy Dalton the guy mm -hmm. that's going to lead you to the Super Bowl? Probably not, but can anybody on that Dallas team lead them to the Super Bowl this year with that defense? I don't think so. I mean, they can make, technically, they can make the playoffs at 6-10 and 10 this year. That's how bad that NFC East division is. I just don't see this happening, EJ. Yeah, but I, I, I think that if they and here's the, the big question mark piece, is that if you bring Matthew Stafford to Dallas, okay, I, I think that this happens in one of the three, three conditions kind of have to be met. And the first of which is I believe that Matthew Stafford has to say yes to the trade. If you're the Detroit Lions, you have to present the opportunity to Matt Stafford and go, hey, we have an opportunity to trade you to Dallas, your hometown, where you grew up. Would you like to go there and take a run at a Super Bowl? Would you like to remain here with the franchise? If you say yes, we trade you. If you say no, we keep you. He deserves at least that much. The same way that the Browns at the end of Joe Thomas's career gave him the same option, the same that uh, many all-star players at the end of their careers, when given an opportunity to go elsewhere, have been given the opportunity of, hey, we respect you as a franchise enough. It's your call. I think that he does deserve that. So that's number one uh, condition that has to be met. Number, sec number two condition that has to be met is, uh, do the Cowboys believe that Andy Dalton helps, or Matthew Stafford helps put them over the hump more than Andy Dalton does? And right now, I think the answer to that question is yes. Matthew Stafford has, uh, I believe, uh, a worse record as a starter than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I believe, something like 114 and 97. He he's positive uh, 10 to 20 games in his overall record because him and Marv Lewis did find ways with the Bengals to make the playoffs every year. So I think that, that Matthew Stafford can help them there. So condition two is met. But the third part of, of this trade is what makes it most difficult. I think Stafford would say yes, taking an opportunity to go win this hometown uh, and finally go take a run to the playoffs. 
I think that Matthew Stafford does bring you more than Andy Dalton does, so condition two is met. But condition three is the hard part, and that's that Matthew Stafford is an expensive quarterback to trade for, and you're still trying to work through your Dak Prescott um, contract issues. And that, to me, is the biggest holdup. I think if they can find a way to get Matthew Stafford to Dallas and minimize the amount of payroll damage that that does, I think that there is a way that they can make that work. I think that there's a way that the Lions can consider paying, hey, maybe we'll pay $10 million to Matthew Stafford's salary every year and get these draft picks that we can try to trade up from number seven to maybe get number one to maybe get a Trevor Lawrence, maybe get the kind of guy in our clubhouse that makes us a better football team. A couple other I comments, that- EJ, uh, before we go to break. Uh, the Giants in Washington, uh, you know, the Giants enter the game 0-5, and if things work out their way with Arizona beating Dallas, they'll just be a game out of first place. That's how wacky and bad the NFC East is. And, you know, watch out terrible. for watch out for this Miami team. Uh, you know, a couple wins, you know, they went out to San Francisco and and looked good, and then San Francisco comes out and beats the, the Rams, who found life not playing an NFC East team a little difficult, but I wouldn't sleep on this Miami team just yet. I mean, are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, but you know, Fitzpatrick's playing well, you got a running game there and you know, and the defense granted it's the jets, but you know, the defense has put in solid performances the last couple weeks. Don't sleep on that Miami team just yet. EJ, we're going to take a break here on the game. We're going to try to reestablish contact with Butch Davis. We come back. We'll continue our round table on the twin Sioux's only local regional and national sports show. The game here on ESPN 1400. It's time to decide who stands with our families on health care. Republican John James has taken nearly $100,000 from prescription drug companies. So it's no surprise James supported a $28 billion tax cut for the drug companies. The same John James who has repeatedly said he sides with the insurance companies who want to repeal protections for coverage of pre-existing conditions. So in the middle of a pandemic, John James would end protections for pre-existing conditions. And sides with his corporate donors who would raise drug prices and oppose efforts to lower medicine costs. John James just can't be trusted on health care. Fortunately, Gary Peters is always working for Michigan. Peters is battling insurance companies to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. And standing up to the big drug companies to pass a new law lowering the price of prescription drugs. When it comes to health care, it's that simple. Gary Peters for Michigan. I'm Gary Peters, candidate for Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Peters for Michigan. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Since 1916, A lot of independent agents have recommended auto owner's insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owner's insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at madiganpingator.com. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 
Oh, welcome back to the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you, 7:34 on this Monday night. We'll be going till the top of the hour before we return it to ESPN Radio. We're continuing to be joined by EJ Russell, co-host of the game from Escanaba, Michigan. Unable to reconnect with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. We apologize for that. Hopefully, we'll get Butch on for the full show next week. Uh, EJ, let's continue our roundtable discussion. We talked NFL. We still got lots of other things to cover in the next 20 or so odd minutes. Uh, what's on your mind tonight in the world of sports? As we gear up to get into Big Ten opener, this last weekend of college football was quite interesting to me. And there were some games that I had my eyes on. So, Scott, I want to ask you, college football, did you watch it this week? Who were you watching? And who outside of, and I'm going to put an asterisk here, a Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State, outside of those five, who are the best five teams in college football outside of those guys? So did you watch? What did you watch? Who are the next best five teams? Well, I certainly watched Alabama-Georgia. That was the premier game of the the night, and and I watched a good majority of that. I hadn't watched a whole lot of college football. I've kind of watched bits and pieces here and there, but, you know, Alabama, they're always impressive. Uh, Year after year, they put out a national title contending team and they just have their way with Georgia. I mean, you look at recent history and SEC championship games and regular season games and national championship games, SEC championship games. As I mentioned, they just find a way to get it done. And uh, Alabama, while I question their defense uh, for a good portion of, of the season so far, especially what we saw, they're still the cream of the crop in the SEC. And, you know, and the only team right now that doesn't have a loss in the SEC. So you, you mentioned the top five there. And I, I guess if there's a, and Clemson, I mean, my goodness sakes, how many, I mean, how many more points are they going to put? I think they're still scoring against Georgia Tech in that one. I mean, I don't see anybody beating them until the playoff. Uh, You know, outside those top five teams, and I'm excited about Big Ten football starting, maybe not as excited as I have been in years past. Obviously, uh, starting later and having limited if no fans is going to be tough. You know, I'm kind of looking down at some of those teams. Uh, One that kind of strikes at me is BYU at number 12. I mean, this is a team with a very good quarterback, potentially could be a good quarterback back, a guy that's played there a few years, Uh, you know, Oklahoma state's six, but I, you know, big 12, I'm not, I'm not sold on that conference too much. Uh, I know a team that you have been watching EJ and you talked about them on your show is SMU. Uh, They, they almost uh, lost that game. Uh, They're they're a team. So it's really hard to tell who that next team is because so many of those potential next teams haven't played. Uh, You know, you can look at Penn state uh, right now. They're ranked number eight, Oregon at 13, Wisconsin at 14. You got Michigan down there. Uh, I don't know. I guess if if I had to pick a couple teams that I'm watching, Cincinnati, where the heck have they come from? They're number nine in the latest poll. I I guess BYU and SMU are two that I'm watching. I mean, and if they keep winning, who knows with with the crazy season and crazier things have happened. I don't know. I'm excited for Big Ten football. I'm excited to see the expectations of the University of Michigan uh, more than likely be blown out of the water, potentially by week one in Minnesota. I'm rowing the boat for sure. Michigan State, they're a hot mess. They got a lot to rebuild there, so I don't have big expectations. And Ohio State, I mean, they're the crop of the Big Ten, and I wouldn't bet against them this year. EJ, great topic. What say you? Well, I did not watch the Alabama-Georgia game 
Tyler was watching that. Um, I was actually super invested in the North Carolina Florida State game. Upset. I felt like I felt like that was the perfect trap game because as uh, Florida State runs a great program and they have great fans. And you had to go to, uh, to Raymond James or not Raymond James, excuse me, uh, Dolk Stadium there uh, and deal with the Tomahawk Chop in what was a far louder than I expected. Florida State crowd. I thought they did a fantastic job of representing the home field. Uh, North Carolina team that was ranked fifth in the country going into this week. Uh, a team coached by Mac Brown, who's had quite a bit of success at the University of Texas Longhorns. Okay, so let's not give him. Uh, let, let's not forget to give him credit for what he did with Vince Young down there. Um, he's had his North Carolina Tar Heels looking very, very good, but unfortunately, pun intended, they were on their heels the entire way this game. They got down to Florida State big. Uh, but North Carolina, I, I was watching them make that comeback. Uh, you know, I was texting Tyler throughout the game, and all of a sudden, with five minutes left, they scored a touchdown. I said, I said, North Carolina is going to get a look at this. And they had an opportunity. And, and this is what I want to talk about with North Carolina. They had an opportunity uh, on what was almost the last drive of the game. Okay. The, the final drive was made by Florida State. They took the knee, and the game was over. Uh, but North Carolina had an opportunity three times driving down the field. Um, to set themselves up for a field goal to tie touchdown to win where either the receivers or the running back dropped the ball. And I'm not just saying, oh, it was a tough pass. They dropped it. The the final fourth down to the running back on the left side, I can't remember the kid's name. He's wearing number 25. Sam Howell went to throw the ball and hit him in the hands, and he just dropped it. You can't do that. So North Carolina being clutch, obviously they're proving they can't do that, but they're also not a team that's used to being ranked number five in the country. So that was kind of a nice trap game for them. Could they find a way to bounce back and maybe make it to an ACC relevant game? Sure. Uh, but I think the team for me, outside of those top five that has my attention right now, that's the Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, they haven't beat anybody other than Kansas pretty, pretty handedly, but they're going up against number 17, Iowa State. Then they got to play Texas. Then they got to play Kansas State, who's currently ranked 20th. Then they got to play Oklahoma. Then they got to play Texas Tech. Then they got to play TCU. Then they got to play Baylor. These are not easy games coming up. And I'm not buying into the hype of the Big 12 because I don't think that they're the best conference in college football, nor has their performance in the college football playoffs supported that. But if Oklahoma State can find a way to run the rest of this table undefeated, Iowa State is a ranked team when you beat them. Texas may be a ranked team at the end of the year. Oklahoma, I expect to be a ranked team at the end of the year. Kansas State, eh, they're three and one. Texas Tech, eh, they're one and three. Probably not going to be ranked. TCU always finds a way to be significant and give you tough games. And Baylor's only one and one, so anything can still happen there. Oklahoma State may have an opportunity to make their best run in the college football playoff or, or, or a big postseason berth since they had, uh, what was it? Uh, Whedon at quarterback, and who is he throwing to? Justin Blackman. It's been a long time. Brandon Whedon was their quarterback throwing to Justin Blackman. It's been a long time since they were good. Yeah, and, and probably before that was Barry Sanders. I was going to say Barry, yeah. Um, but Oklahoma State has an incredible opportunity on paper this year to make a run at the college football playoff, and I hope that they do because I'm personally like I hope my Buckeyes make it every year. A team like Alabama should be there every year. Clemson under Dabo Sweeney has been absolutely incredible. But that fourth team has been a lot of mix and match. I, I, 
as much as I love seeing those first three teams in that definitely deserve to be there, I'd love to see something different. I think Oklahoma State would be different. I would love to see the Cowboys get up in there uh, with their mullet-wearing head coach, uh, who's a man. He's yeah, he is a man, yes. Uh, and he's foreign. Uh, no, I, I think that this is an incredible opportunity for them to make some noise this year and impact the Big 12 in a way that you're, you're not just feeding these two programs who find ways to what feels like underachieve every year in Texas and Oklahoma. EJ, let's head to our final break of our two. We come back. We're going to try to connect with Butch Davis one more time, and we'll finish our round table along with thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, here on ESPN 1400. Jeep Adventure Days are on now at O'Connor's of Pickford. Jeep goes anywhere you want to go. And during Jeep Adventure Days, O'Connor's has you driving away into your next adventure in a low-mileage lease Jeep. Like a new 2020 Jeep Compass. 36-month ultra-low-mileage lease is just $289 a month plus tax with just $1,000 down at signing. Your good credit earns you this Jeep Compass. It's all part of Jeep Adventure Days through October at O'Connor's of Pickford. Who hasn't felt protective lately of our families, our communities, our resources? In times like these, we all fight to make sure our people are safe. But at the American Cancer Society, our people, our community, our family is made up of millions of cancer patients and their families. So keeping them safe takes everyone's help. During COVID-19, help us keep vital resources available to cancer patients. Please donate to the American Cancer Society at cancer.org. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The Relay for Life 4th Annual Turkey Trot is giving cancer the bird. Virtually. Go to the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page to learn more and to register. Sign up and then take part in the 5K anytime during the 24 hours of Thanksgiving Day. Even better, it doesn't matter whether you're spending Thanksgiving in the Sioux, Sacramento, San Antonio, Scranton. You can still run or walk. It's fun, it's safe, and it gives cancer the bird. There will be prizes, selfie contests, and more. Play it safe and run or walk with family. There's a family option with full participants this year enjoying 5 bucks off their 2021 entry. Even when you're apart, you're strong, working together to give cancer the bird. Run or walk on your time. Entry with a shirt, medal, and prize draws is just $35. Shirt only, just $15. Watch for updates and details on how you can post your time. Just go to the link on the RFL 4th Annual Turkey Trot Facebook page. Sponsored by the Foundry and On The Mark Entertainment. It's time to decide who stands with our families on health care. 
Republican John James has taken nearly $100,000 from prescription drug companies. So it's no surprise James supported a $28 billion tax cut for the drug companies. The same John James who has repeatedly said he sides with the insurance companies who want to repeal protections for coverage of pre-existing conditions. So in the middle of a pandemic, John James would end protections for pre-existing conditions. And sides with his corporate donors who would raise drug prices and oppose efforts to lower medicine costs. John James just can't be trusted on health care. Fortunately, Gary Peters is always working for Michigan. Peters is battling insurance companies to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. And standing up to the big drug companies to pass a new law lowering the price of prescription drugs. When it comes to health care, it's that simple. Gary Peters for Michigan. I'm Gary Peters, candidate for Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Peters for Michigan. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 748 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you on this chilly Monday night. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full two-hour edition of the game, you can find it in several places, including on the podcast page, the game sports show.podbean.com. You can also go to the game show.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, PodTrail, Facebook, and Instagram. You can hear all the interviews tonight from our first hour guests. A little technical difficulties here in the second hour as uh, EJ Russell and Butch Davis, who normally Join all of us. We all join together for the round table. Not quite working out so well tonight. So we'll get the technical bugs worked out so we can get the entire gang back together. And want to thank our newest sponsor, our newest partner, I should say, with the game is eupnews.com. Uh, they uh, are putting our shows out there as far as the EUP audience, and we've been working with them to collaborate our sports coverage and interview for their new site. Certainly a, a new and growing site in the area. I know they get a lot of online traffic, so we appreciate the folks at EUP News for all the help. Coming up tomorrow night, we have... The World Series starting as both the NLCS and ALCS went the full seven games. The Tampa Bay Rays, don't call them the Devil Rays. They're no longer the Devil Rays. They are just the Rays. They won the first three games against Houston. Houston came back and won the next three. And then last night, or a couple nights ago, a 4-2 to two victory. So Tampa back in the World Series in over a dozen years. And they'll take on the Los Angeles Dodgers, who came all the way back from being down 3-1 to one to knock off the Atlanta Braves in seven games. Now, this Dodger team, they're no stranger to being part of the playoffs and the World Series, but they have not won a World Series since 1988. And everybody remembers what happened that year. Kirk Gibson in Game 1, that home run hobbling across the bases to 
pretty much knock Oakland out after that. Oakland was a huge favorite in that series, and it was the Dodgers winning their, well, most recent World Series title, and they have struggled as of late. And, you know, you look at the matchup here, the Dodgers are the prohibitive favorite, but, you know, I don't know. I I think Tampa has a very good chance. Their rotation right now is set up and on rest as far as who might be pitching uh, where it goes. Uh, Glass now should start game one. Schnell should start game two. And then uh, game three should be Morton and game four should be Yarbrough. That pretty much works it out. And a lot of bullpen strength with this Tampa Bay squad. And so I don't know. I have not watched a lot of baseball this year, uh, mainly because the Tigers have struggled and there's just been so much sports going on. It's been kind of tough to focus on baseball when you have all the other sports going on. You know, yeah, the NBA finals, NHL finals, and of course, college football and the National Football League. The game going on tonight, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. It's gotten a little bit closer in that one right now. All the Chiefs actually are now up by two scores by the score of 26 to 17. Uh, Quite a few field goals here by Harrison Butker. So it looks like Kansas City will win and and bounce back after that loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, you look at right now in the NFL, we talked a little bit about that with EJ and Butch tonight, but you look at just these teams and finding ways to win games and, Chicago, they they are a team when they came back and beat Detroit in week one. I think a lot of people were surprised by that as far as all oh, this Bears team, you know, they're predicted to be worse than the Lions. But you look at the teams right now that are on top in the NFL, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, they're the only undefeated teams in the AFC, and they're going to meet each other next week. So the lot's going to be said there. Buffalo's going to fall to four and two if they lose to Kansas City. And you got Kansas City now, which will improve to five and one. NFC, that again, that's something. Is Seattle the best team right now? They didn't play this week. They're five and oh. Can Russell Wilson continue his play? Uh, you know, we saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers yesterday down in Tampa. I thought that Green Bay was due to have a subpar game, and they certainly did. And you look at that Tampa team, very interesting team to watch. Their defense is playing better than I think a lot of people thought. They're getting running from Jones, and, you know, we, they didn't even have Fournette and Brady is starting to get confident. We saw Gronk with the touchdown. We haven't seen the big games from Mike Evans or or Goodwin or Godwin, I should say. Watch out for that Tampa team. They were my pick to be in the Super Bowl, them in, in Kansas City, and so we'll have to see what happens there. Well, normally we don't have a lot of time for this, but let's do thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Uh, EJ Russell wanted me to mention thumbs up to i forgot his thumbs up already thumbs down to the cleveland browns i know that was certainly his thumbs down he did have a thumbs up but it escapes a thumbs up to his new show the hot seat which you can hear thursday nights at the game show.com a couple thumbs up and a thumbs down let's get to the thumbs up and this is kind of a thumbs down when i heard this but thumbs up to this gentleman's career mike doc emrick retiring as hockey play-by-play broadcaster. He has been working in hockey since almost 50 years, affectionately known as Doc for his doctorate in communications. Emmerich, rather, now 74, has been the preeminent voice for NHL games on NBC and NBC Sports for 15 years. He served as play-by-play announcer for the New Jersey Devils for 21 seasons. 
He's called 22 straight Stanley Cup finals, winning eight sports Emmy awards for play-by-play, including seven straight from 2014 to 2020, had stints at ESPN, ABC, Fox, CBS, and six Winter Olympics. 2008, Emmerich was inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which awarded him the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for outstanding contributions to hockey broadcasting. And, you know, I'm a big fan of broadcasters being in broadcasting. And if I can sound anything like any of these guys that I mentioned, I certainly would be a better broadcaster. Uh, Mike Emmerich, Doc, one of the best. Uh, the other one growing up, there are a couple growing up. One actually got his start here at Radio Sioux, Bruce Martin, the longtime voice of the Detroit Red Wings before he retired in 1997, and Bob Cole from Hockey Night in Canada. You put those three in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and you got yourself a very good Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Thumbs up to Jets, or excuse me, Dolphins rookie quarterback Tua Tagliovia. I still can't say that name, but I thought it was fantastic seeing him come out in mop-up time. This is somebody that had a very serious injury a year ago. uh, They weren't sure as far as where he might go, if he might play. And Tua was back out there, and I guarantee will be a very good fit for the Miami Dolphins. Fitzmagic can only run his Fitzmagic for so long, but I thought that was fantastic. And thumbs down to... Boo in the Sioux locally. Uh, you know, I'm all for hockey being played. I mean, we saw that with the Sioux Eagles, but 65 teams in town during a pandemic. And I understand organizers split up the tournament into three different weeks, but we saw some things on the news on some people breaking into a local drinking establishment downtown with their kids. And, uh, you know, we're still in a pandemic. And please, uh, you know, there has to be a balance between having a thousand people in town for a hockey tournament and doing nothing. We need to all find the middle, in my opinion, in, in this pandemic. And certainly, uh, you know, that's a lot of people. And I certainly hope that cases don't rise in the area. There certainly is cases rising all across the area. And so continue to please practice social distancing, wear your mask, wash your hands, and do what you can so we can continue to talk about sports and all the things that come along with it. Want to thank all our guests tonight, including Butch Davis and E.J. Russell, Jeff Blaschel, head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, Linda Bouvet, the Lake Superior State University Club softball manager, and Matt Johnson, assistant coach for the Suhai Blue Devil football team. On our airwaves this week, we'll have Suhai football over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, with Dave Watson and Pat Bennon. That game will be Friday around 6.35 pregame show. Don't forget to tune in to Coach's Corner on Saturday, 11.05 on 12.30 WSOO with Dave Watson. Also Friday night, Matt Pocket over on Oldies 93. And our EUP Game of the Week as Rudyard will take on Cedarville. And then we'll have Detroit Lions football Sunday over on Oldies 93 starting with the pregame show at 11 a.m as the Lions will take on Atlanta. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of this show or any of our shows, which includes Butch on Sports, The Hot Seat, Dave McKegg shows from Sioux, Ontario, my stints on ESPN Blacksburg, Sioux Eagles Hockey, and other broadcasts, you can find them at thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. You can all find them on eupnews.com, as well as podcast sites, Spotify, 
PodTrail, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition. We'll be back next Monday night for the next edition of The Game here on ESPN 1400. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.